0: Brad Pitt is well-known for eating in every scene that he's in. My friend Duncan Gibson Lockhart and I didn't get the memo. All that and more on a very foodless episode of Cracker Jack. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. One, two, three, strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Yes, friends, that's right. It's time for another episode of Cracker Jack, which uh, is exciting. I'm excited about it. I don't know if anyone else is. Um, Still early enough in the process that I have no idea what the reception is going to be. Because you know what's interesting? Baseball is not universally enjoyed in the way that I would expect it to be. And uh, my guest today to talk about the Academy Award-nominated film, Moneyball, is one such friend of mine. He treats baseball with uh, an immoderate amount of both contempt and boredom. Please welcome to the show to discuss a movie that makes baseball look even more boring than it actually is. He is an upcoming, uh, emerging, as they say, actor, director, playwright. He is involved with a beautiful theater company called Theater Fools Cap. Please give a warm Cracker Jack welcome to Duncan Robert Gibson Lockhart. And I didn't even have to breathe halfway through your name. How are you, my friend?
1: Good, good, thank you. I know it's a mouthful. Thank you for having me here.
0: Yes, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I can see on our Zoom chat that you are sitting on the couch that I slept on, on two separate occasions.
1: You're actually twice the size of this couch. That's pretty (laughs) (laughs) impressive.
0: So yeah, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, I was surprised that you said yes, given the subject matter um we have gone to a baseball game before but you made it very clear that you were only going for the social aspects of the adventure not for the actual subject matter
1: yeah that's correct and the, the beer and hot dogs i actually i missed the only excitement in the entire game <laughs> oh, right yeah
0: it was like a really low scoring game and the yeah. only time the blue jays scored was when you were like in line to get a beer i think yeah <laughs> the,
1: like, runs and i saw i saw the score on tv i was like oh cool
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you're you would probably identify yourself primarily as a hockey and basketball fan and probably basketball is even more recent just given the success the raptors have been having right
1: yeah for sure i am a bandwagoner i will not
0: (laughs) so you're saying like if the blue jays make the playoffs again maybe you'll give a shit
1: uh i mean i could put it on to put me to sleep Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Great. Well, I'm happy to have you here for some reason. Um, So I thought Moneyball would be a really good place to bring you into this podcast because not only do you already think baseball is boring, but you're also probably the friend that I talk to the most about movies and about like buzzworthy cinema. And Mm -hmm. so I, I thought, you know, this is the movie that I know for sure had Oscar buzz around it. I can't speak in like guarantees about any other movie the way that I can about Moneyball. So I thought, yeah, okay. It won't necessarily engage Duncan in terms of the content of the movie but it will at least engage Duncan in like his cinephile side. Yeah. So I was really excited about that. But before we actually get into the movie I wanna ask you the question that I, uh, I ask all of my guests of which you are the second one. Great. <laughs> um, and so my first question, I guess, and this could be a really short answer. In fact, I'm expecting it to be. Yeah. What is your relationship with baseball? Like, did you play it growing up? Like, do you have any memories associated with it?
1: Yeah, I, I did. Actually, I played it for two, two seasons. Uh, then I broke my leg playing hockey. And of all the sports I wanted to go back and play, baseball was uh, pretty low on the list. So I just didn't return to it. Okay. Um, but I, I've been to a few Blue Jays games, probably four or five. Uh, they were a little more exciting when I was a kid, maybe. But
0: yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm also interested uh, in like people ask a lot, like, "What's your sign?" Right? And so I'm ex- I'm interested in like spiritually, what position you would play, like, given your personality.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a shortstop. I think.
0: Are y- that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's not exactly yeah. where I had you, but uh, I'm interested in why you think that.
1: I Well, it was my favorite position playing it. Uh, I enjoyed pitching as well, but when I when I played, I was 12, and I was, like, five foot, and there was yeah. a guy on the team that was 13, and, like, eight feet tall and could throw 100 miles per hour, and he got to pitch every time. He never hit the strike zone, but he got to pitch because he could throw fast. Of
0: course, yeah. yeah. I kind of, I, I can buy you a shortstop, I think, yeah. Um, i think you could be like a like a reliever like a high leverage reliever out of the bullpen because you have like whenever i've seen you on stage or like acted with you you have this intensity about you that i think could be really off-putting to some poor batter stuck in a batter's (laughs) box against you
1: yeah
0: um or like third base i like i find something really interesting about like putting you on the hot corner and like you having to like be across the diamond from like third base and like just like try or like uh, from first base and like having to try to get the ball across the diamond. There could be like I think that's that's where your wheelhouse sits. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah. That's cool. Pick a couple line drives on the line.
0: Yeah. Uh, for the record, I'm a left fielder because uh, that's the position that sees the least action.
1: <laughs> then you have catch the ball. Exactly.
0: Because cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dirty secret about my love of baseball is that I am full on terrified of playing it so uh, i just tell people that like i got busy doing other things but the dirty secret is that i'm just too scared <laughs> all right so moneyball just a quick rundown of the plot of moneyball for those of you that aren't familiar with it so this is an academy award nominated film starring brad pitt and jonah hill as uh people like Brad Pitt's character definitely existed. I believe Jonah Hill's character is like an amalgamation of two or three different people. And it's the story of Billy Bean, who was the general manager of the Oakland Athletics in the year, uh, the early 2000s, essentially. And Billy Bean basically revolutionized the game of baseball using this theory called Moneyball, which was spe- essentially it was looking at baseball players as commodities instead of people and essentially turning them into value assets, the way you might trade stocks. And what ended up happening was they went through and were able to build a competitive team for a fraction of the amount of money that it would take under the old system of star power and, you know, the quote unquote baseball player body and stuff like that. And baseball is still doing Moneyball to this day, to a certain extent. Actually, I want to get into that in, in a second. I have a lot of thoughts on that. But I guess I'll just start with like a, a pretty straightforward, honest question, Duncan. Did you like it?
1: You know what? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah. I didn't love it. I'm not going to go out here and you know pump its tires too much, but I, I did like it. Uh, it's, to me, um, the spotlight of sports movies. You know, Spotlight mm. was specifically to win an Oscar. It's really well-made, really clean movie. And this is what Moneyball is. You've got Brad Pitt. You've got Jonah Hill maybe taking a pay cut to try and win an Oscar. I don't know, classic Jonah Hill. But but overall, I did I did like the film. And there, it, for parts, I was actually on the edge of my seat, which I was not was not expecting.
0: Yeah, I remember when I asked you to watch this movie. I was kind of like, this will be perfect for me, just because I I enjoy how much you hate baseball. But like, <laughs> for me, I like thought it would be really fun because I remember finding the movie really boring. Yeah, you know, but to me, it's, it. I find it interesting that you said that it's so clearly made to win an Oscar because I was sitting there last week when I was watching the movie and I was like, there is absolutely no reason for Brad Pitt to be playing Billy Bean in this movie.
1: No reason at all.
0: Like, there's no, like, he doesn't bring anything to it. Like, like Billy Bean is not a character. He's a real person. So to have Brad Pitt playing him is like, doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Yeah. Brad Pitt walking around in any movie is like watching a god among men. It's yeah. like,
0: <laughs> but like but he's not even acting though like he's the same person in every movie
1: yeah not at all not a, he's not an actor i mean he's an actor i think he's quite a good actor but he's, yeah. he does what he does
0: yeah he, he's really good at the one or two things that he's able to do the um exception to that rule i think is probably Inglorious bastards because he is like on a completely different wavelength and i don't know if it's maybe it's like when he works with tarantino or he works with the cohen brothers they bring out something in him that nobody yeah. else seems to be able to
1: like burn After Reading*.
0: Yeah. I should also mention the movie was written by Aaron Sorkin.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: As well. And like, I didn't know that before I saw the closing credits this time around. And when I saw that, I was basically like what you just said. And I was like, oh, of course it was. How, how could it not be? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what do you make of of the situation that the movie sort of teases out like i know that you're coming from an area of expertise in hockey where there's like a hard salary cap so this kind of thing doesn't really work to the same degree
1: yeah i mean the way it sets it up is pretty interesting having you know it's like the aladdin story or something like that Mm. and you know we don't get to see them wait is there spoilers left no, oh, yeah, no. Okay.
0: We we are pre we are presupposing that our six listeners have watched the movie <laughs> we we're talking about. So
1: yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, we don't end up seeing them win; they haven't won.
0: They have not won. That is correct.
1: You, you almost don't get the Hollywood story at the end, which I actually kind of liked. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. I don't know if I've actually ever seen Field of Dreams, but it's not Field of Dreams. It's like right. Yeah.
0: Well, it's yeah. It's it's not like it's not Remember the Titans. Or it's not, it's not a Miracle or any of those kind of movies, right? I think it is important to note, though, that the movie does end with a, a title card that says the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 using the philosophy. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. And, I like, the whole moral of the story, I guess, is that Billy Bean is a winner in the end, even though he is a loser, like his daughter says. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that was actually, I guess I was going to say this for a while, but I didn't need the daughter to be in the movie.
1: No, not at all. Personally,
0: and I don't understand why she was.
1: Yeah, in fact, that that scene where she's in the guitar store with, with yeah. Brad Pitt actually took me out of the movie. It's, yeah. really, it's really strangely shot. It feels like Brad Pitt actually wasn't there with her. Like, it very much seems like they're both body doubles.
0: Oh, that's weird,
1: yeah. Um, I, that might not be the case, but, I mean, the director could have fiddled it. You know what? Brad Pitt's actually a great listener. Uh, mm. He's really... He's, he's really active in his listening. He's like on the edge of his seat while leaning back and being casual. It's weird, but yeah. he, he's a great listener. And in that scene, you don't see him listen at all. Where in every other scene, it has shots of him being like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's almost like he is like, why is this scene in the movie? <laughs> yeah,
1: <exactly. laughs> uh, Only to call Billy being a loser at the end.
0: Yeah. My other, my other big thing with Brad Pitt, uh, other than active listening, is that he is a great eating actor. Yeah. Like, he is, like, I, I think he's probably the number one in North America for eating acting. And I really appreciate the fact that he's playing an ex-ball player in this movie, because he always has dip in his mouth, so he's yeah. always got that, like, engagement happening. Yeah. that's so good.
1: Yeah, he's definitely um, want, more than one Brando movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, and, like, th- there's an embarrassment of good casting happening in this movie. Oh. It's, like, what is Philip Seymour Hoffman doing in that role as the manager? Like...
1: Ten lines, and he's the best actor in that movie by far. Unbelievable. Uh, he's, he's insanely... Crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, Chris no. Pratt before Marvel, kicking it at first
1: base. Also really great in this movie. Yeah, like amazing, expect- you know? Yeah,
0: But yeah, it's it's really... It's it's a fascinating movie, and it's just like... It's it's one of those things where a script gets Oscar buzz, and then everybody wants to be a part of it. Like, Robin Wright is in this movie for what? Like, a scene?
1: Yeah. Like two scenes, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As, as the ex-wife. Right. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting too, because uh, last episode we talked about um, a league of their own and in a league of their own, they have actors playing older versions of the characters and they are perfectly cast because they look exactly like their younger selves. And Mm -hmm. I want to know who this young Billy Bean kid was because he looks so much like Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's like that, that was really well done too. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on the idea of Moneyball, though, of the, of the philosophy behind it, because I was trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who's not really familiar with how baseball works, right? So, like, the way that baseball works right now is essentially you have the Dodgers and the Yankees at one level of payroll, And then you have everyone else and the Blue Jays are kind of in the middle somewhere where they have enough money that they can, you know, spend big in free agency every so often, but they're not going to like do it every year kind of thing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like the Tampa Bay Rays or even Oakland to a certain extent, still to this day, aren't keen on on buying too much. And so what ends up happening is that you can basically guarantee that the Yankees and the Dodgers are making the playoffs every year. Right. Right. And so with basketball and with um, and with hockey, there's a little bit more parody that way. Yeah, And I can't decide which I like better.
1: Honestly, as a Leafs fan, the idea of not having a salary cap would be amazing. Right. Yeah. Because then we would just we'd still lose in the first round, but we'd have the best players doing it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was really interesting, especially the idea of like statistically picking players like mm. i mean the movie almost sets it up for non-baseball people to be a bit biased about it especially in the beginning of the movie when you have the, are the so i guess are they scouts at that table at the beginning yeah. yeah 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 and they're all saying like oh he's a good-looking guy like he's got a good-looking girlfriend confidence and all yeah that, right?
0: my my favorite oh my favorite cringy moment of like here's what life was like before billy bean woke up kind of one of those things is when that scout goes what's his girlfriend look like? And they're like, what does that matter? And he goes, ugly girlfriend means no confidence. And they're like, I don't know, like his swing looks really good. And he goes, yeah, but his girlfriend's a six. And I was like, okay, these guys are basically must- mustache twirling villains with like cigars and like all this stuff. And I was like, it's a little heavy handed at times, but it's all right.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I think it's really interesting, like the idea of Going based off stats alone, it's almost like we're playing like franchise mode in real mm-hmm. life. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting way to get around the salary cap. Like, I think, yeah, be creative. It's,
0: it's interesting a- because I think the first time I watched Moneyball, I was fully on Billy Bean's side. I was like, this is absolutely what has to happen here because you want to fight for the little guy against mm-hmm. like the evil empire. Like, the Yankees are the empire and the Oakland Athletics are the rebels, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, and then you become Star Wars and everything, and that's great. Um, (laughs) This time around, I was watching it, and I was like, knowing what has now happened in the game of baseball, I'm kind of on the side of the manager. Mm. And I don't know if that's just because he's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman or not, but, like, it's one of those things. So, like, for some context, uh, the Blue Jays made the playoffs last year. And uh, it was a surprise to everyone because they're still, I would say they're a year or two away from being competitive. And they played the Tampa Bay Rays, who again, much like Oakland in this movie, have like no payroll to speak of, no players with any name to them at all. And they Mm -hmm. ran away with the division this year. So that was really interesting. And so the issue was that they had a pitcher who was coming back from injury and he pitched three innings and he looked, he was incredible. Nobody was touching him like just bad contact all over the place. And then they pulled them because that was the plan. Because the statistics said that if he pitched more than three innings, he was going to get a lot worse. So like the, the projection analysis dictated that. Right. So then they brought in a new pitcher and the guy got rocked and right. they lost the game. <laughs> right. And so you're sitting there watching this and you're like, at a certain point, the eyeball test has to come back in.
1: Yeah, you've got to trust your players at a certain point.
0: Right. And and so the issue was, you know, there was a lot of talk on sports radio afterwards about how that wasn't a decision the manager made. That was a decision that the general manager made. Right. Right. And so I kind of, I was getting the no feeling in those scenes where Billy Bean was sitting and talking to Art and being like, you can't put this guy at first base because I just traded him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was kind of like, okay, like, I get what you're trying to do here. But at the same time, like, I was like projecting myself 20 years in the future and being like, don't do this. Don't do this. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about the whole philosophy, I guess, myself. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. I know.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, there's there are people out there getting paid a lot more money than us to deal with these decisions every day. I mean, you look at it and even the Yankees have brought in analytics into their, into their fold. So they're still spending, you know, $150 million a year on payroll, more than that, probably, probably more like 200 million on payroll every year, but they're still looking at wins above replacement and about all of these different weighted statistics and stuff. And and
1: I was thinking that when I watched the movie, it was kind of like the idea of winning regular season games versus the playoffs and the yeah. playoffs are a different beast. And like, I know in hockey, like look at Tampa Bay, what last year, or a couple of years ago, who basically swept the season and got knocked out by Columbus in the first round. Yeah. And the Leafs always perform fairly well in the season, but they're not a playoff team
0: yet. Right. Well, and, and so I was, I, I was talking to my father about this, who who's a, who's a, his area of expertise is statistics or that's an area of passion of his i suppose hmm. and he was saying that projection analysis works over time but it doesn't work in individual cases and when you get to and when you get to the playoffs the playoffs are just strings of individual cases yeah right
1: which which makes me think that even though you know moneyball will even the field in the regular season it makes it difficult to believe that it's going to win Championships,
0: from my perspective, I think Moneyball evens the scales in the regular season, but the playoffs are already even, um, especially like the normal uh playoff bracket starts with a wild card play in game that is literally one game, right? And in baseball, anything can happen in one game, yeah, you know what I mean, and that's part of what I love about baseball, it feels like in hockey, like you have your system, you play the trap, you can basically figure out what's going to happen on any given night, give or take like a freak bounce here or there. Whereas when the pitcher is holding onto the ball at the start of the game, like who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah. I want to just talk briefly about some of the characters that are in this movie because they're really funny to me in a lot of ways, because they're all real people. And so you have Chris Pratt playing Hatterberg, who basically is a catcher that can't throw the ball and throwing is literally half the job a catcher has. You have David Justice, who's 36. And that that moment in the batting cage with David Justice
1: yeah. is
0: so good when he's like, you're paying me $7 million to do what I do. And Billy Bean's like, actually, I'm paying you $3.5 <laughs> million. The Yankees are paying you $3.5 <laughs> million dollars to play against them. How does yeah. that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> and then that that whole thing about soda in the clubhouse is a good a good little side story too Hmm. but interestingly when he goes to cleveland at the beginning of the movie and that's where jonah hill is currently employed at the start of the movie he goes to cleveland and talks to the general manager yeah the general manager that he goes and talks to is named mark shapiro and he is currently the president of the toronto blue jays
1: yeah so it's,
0: it's just, it's just cool to like have that and like still have these people being around. Yeah. Right. And like the Blue Jays have like fully embraced this like analytical side to the game. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's fascinating. And I know like hockey too has embraced like Corsi and those sorts of analytics to a certain degree, but I'm thinking about the NBA, like the NBA is still fully like ruled by star power.
1: Yeah you got two or three stars on your team and then that gives you the best chance.
0: Right. And it's I maybe that's because the stars just happen to be all very good at basketball, but there doesn't really seem to be analytics in basketball as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, well, I mean there's injury analytics like playing Kawhi a certain amount of games with those right. games. Yeah. But but yeah, as far as like stats go, I'm not sure.
0: Cuz I know Matt Thomas for the Raptors is known as Mr. 99% because there's some statistic that says that the shots that he takes have a higher success rate than ninety nine percent of the other players he comes across, <laughs> or something like that.
1: Which is funny because I can't stand him on my team <laughs> <laughs> when I play my player.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, that's funny because I'm the same way with OG and in in like NBA 2K, but in uh, in real life, I love OG and Anobi. Oh
1: yeah, OG's the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is not a basketball podcast. This is a baseball podcast, Duncan. So I'm interested. What we do here is we rate a movie out of uh, six strikes. Hmm. So you give three strikes. I give three strikes. The more strikes it gets, the better the movie is. So I'm going to start. Sure. And I'm going to give it two strikes out of three. It's a great movie that doesn't really need to be an Oscar nominee. And it doesn't have nearly enough baseball for me in it. I would have loved to have more baseball in my baseball movie instead of just a bunch of guys talking about what a good looking player so-and-so is, I guess.
1: You know what? That's actually probably why I like this movie because there wasn't any baseball. (laughs) And I will say the moments they actually showed baseball being played were really well shot because that's my major gripe with sports movies Mm. that when the sports are shot, it looks like garbage it doesn't look like people are playing the sport or if it does it it doesn't look very good right but this this was pretty interesting and that 21 streak was was actually exciting i was actually on the edge of my seat for that
0: yeah no it was and like that's something i wanted to point out too i think was like i fully expected this movie to be as boring as i remembered it but i was fully invested the whole time give or take a guitar uh, store scene yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway all that to say your rating is
1: Two out of three strikes.
0: Two out of three strikes. All right. So we're dealing with a 667 batting average, which, believe it or not, guarantees you a first ballot Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah. Baseball is one of those games. They say that in baseball, there are two kinds of people, those who are humbled and those who are about to be. (laughs) And so I think we saw Billy Bean go from humbled to slightly less humbled, I guess. I believe Billy Bean is still working in the game
1: yeah he's like an executive somewhere yeah i think unless he 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 retired a couple years ago
0: he's a current front office executive
1: yeah
0: and he looks nothing like brad pitt
1: not at all why is brad pitt playing billy
0: Uh, like honestly (laughs) billy bean was asked about it at the oscars because he was a guest of the producers at the oscars and -hmm. they said what do you think about this movie and he's like honestly having my life story being told by brad pitt is the happiest moment of my entire life (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, i get that yeah
0: and so like i think it's really cool too like the moment that he decides to hire jonah hill's character was when he like calls him and he's drunk yeah and he's like when would you have taken me in the draft yeah he's like Nin- ninth round and he's like you're hired
1: that that opening shot of him just thinking in the stands is like very old hollywood i find yeah like watching watching like a classic actor do nothing and and it's still interesting
0: it's interesting that you say that because i find baseball in general to be very old hollywood yeah like like, it's it's like the big open fields with the bright lights and it's just people wearing pajamas holding (laughs) wooden bats and it's like like other than batting helmets like if they were just wearing ball caps up at the plate instead of baseball caps you wouldn't necessarily know exactly when a picture was taken. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a certain timelessness to the stories of that baseball gives us like the underdogs and the and the favorites and good guys and bad guys and all that stuff. And and I think that's kind of why I think baseball movies work so well because they like lend themselves very well to the narratives of film.
1: Yeah. That makes sense to me. That was that was lovely. Thank I'm you. Gonna- I'm gonna stop on it, a bit. You know what I don't like about baseball? Okay, they're all cheering about a 20 win streak, and they're like it's the longest win of all time. And I went and googled it, and there's like four other teams ahead of them for longest win streak in MLB history. The
0: American League, though, not the National League.
1: Yeah, I'm like what is that? What is that? I was on, I was on, I feel cheated. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like they did it, yeah.
0: Well, do- no, but they never they never said they never said that it was for they never said that it was in any major league though. They just said American League.
1: What does that even mean?
0: <laughs> do you not do you not know the difference because we can go over the difference right now? Yeah, go for our, our our listeners might not uh, know. So let's talk about it. Let's
1: do it. <laughs> so,
0: so Major League Baseball, as it currently exists, is uh, divided up into two leagues, the National League and the American League. And they were at one point two separate leagues that have now amalgamated under uh major league baseball and the division between the national league and the american league has meant less and less as time has gone on but originally teams in the national league and the american league would not play each other until the world series Whoa. originally that was the idea and then they introduced what was called interleague play where american league teams would play national league teams and so on and so forth And the main difference between the National League and the American League, and that is now changing because there are uh, negotiations happening as we speak, Duncan. But traditionally, the National League does not have a designated hitter. Okay. So the American League, the pitcher does not hit in the American League. In the National League, the pitcher does hit. And a lot of purists will tell you that the national league is the way that baseball was intended to be played. Nine players take the field, nine players bat.
1: Yeah. That makes sense to me. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And so there's a little bit more strategy because pitchers spend so much time training to be pitchers that they don't have any time to spend in the batting cage. So they're usually pretty terrible at hitting. Right. So there becomes things where like, if the game is close, but your pitcher is really pitching well, and your pitcher comes up to bat, do you pinch hit for your pitcher and thereby take your pitcher out of the game even though he's like throwing really well? Or do you leave him in and risk just a sure out? So I actually tend to like National League ball better than American League ball, even though the Blue
1: Jays are an American League team. Yeah, that sounds interesting to me. That that There's more strategy involved with that.
0: Right. Yeah. That being said though, twenty a 20-win 20 streak, Duncan, regardless of if it's the longest in history, is still something that's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's good, but it's not the best. <laughs> it's like they didn't win the champion. What is this movie about? Does this movie need to be made? Maybe, maybe for the moneyball aspect of it, but like, yeah, on. I think I think the movie's about a revolution. Yeah.
0: Personally, like, I that's a good question. Yeah, I think the movie is about the changing paradigm of baseball about this underdog that comes in and tries to change the whole game and actually ends up succeeding right because so this year the dodgers won and it was super lame because everyone thought they were going to win and like whatever it was the least surprising thing that ever happened but the year (laughs) before the washington nationals won and ended up like blowing the team up the next offseason because they couldn't afford everyone right you know what i mean
1: that was a lot in hockey as well
0: well yeah exactly right and so It's just interesting to me that we're still having these conversations even though people are still doing Moneyball. Yeah. And I guess that kind of comes down to the fact that they're looking for different things when they're signing
1: contracts now.
0: They're like looking at analytics and valuing analytics higher, right?
1: Instead of girlfriends. (laughs) Exactly. What I don't understand about this movie that really kind of irked me right at the beginning when Brad Pitt poaches Jonah Hill is how he just straight up bought Jonah Hill when clearly he's already making decisions for the GM, the GM is listening to him, right?
0: Yeah, that's something that I that kind of pinged for me too. I wasn't really sure about it. I mean, all I can think of is that Jonah Hill's character never existed.
1: Yeah, I think the, the there's one main guy he's based off of, and he was in a different sports league before he before he went into MLB, right? Paul Di Podesta.
0: Oh, yeah. Paul De Podesta. Right. Okay. Podesta. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've heard about him.
1: Yeah. He was in, he was in the MLB uh, and he was in football as well. He was, I think he was, he might have gone to the NFL after. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so he, and, and he, it says in the movie, right? Like he went to Yale for economics. Like he's not a baseball guy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah, well, I want to thank you, Duncan, for stopping by. Uh, I feel like I talked more than you did, but I appreciated you being here anyway. Um, (laughs) uh, So to recap, we have thoroughly discredited Moneyball's Oscar um, campaign. We gave the movie four out of six strikes. So it is currently sitting at second place on our list of two baseball movies, trailing (laughs) behind... League of Their Own, which uh, started off strong with six out of six strikes.
1: Holy smokes.
0: Um, The movie is available to stream on Netflix if you're interested in watching it. Uh, Again, it stars Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it was written in part by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, My thanks so much to Duncan Gibson Lockhart for coming by. My thanks to you, the listeners, for listening. This has been Cracker Jack. I need a catchphrase. Let's see don't put cork in your bat <laughs> until next time i've been benton hartley and you've been great take me out to the ball game take me out with the crowd buy me some peanuts and crackers jack
1: i don't